Welcome to Photo Show Live. My guest is Ara Oshigan. Ara was with me at the JKC Gallery during the reception for his show, How the World Might Be. And instead of posting this on YouTube, I put a link in the show notes that will lead you to the flipbook that I created for the show. Uh, that's going to be easier for you to follow along if you want to look at the photos while we're talking. Uh, it's not a requirement. <laughs> Before we get to the show, Real Photo Show is sponsored by the Charcoal Book Club and their new project, Charcoal Editions, a curated online gallery selling open edition silver gelatin prints at more reasonable prices than your traditional limited edition collector's versions. Uh, listeners get 10% off their purchases through the end of this year. Just type in Real Photo Show, all one word, in the promo box at checkout at charcoaleditions.com. And this is a a pretty exciting thing that Charcoal Book Club is doing uh, in offering prints from an expanding roster of photographers. So check them out at charcoaleditions.com. And just one last thing, the 2023 Chico Review application process closes on November 27th. And of course, that is the photo book retreat at the Chico Hot Springs Resort near Livingston, Montana. Uh, So if you're interested in that, you should apply very soon. All right, so Ara Oshigan and I are going to talk about his work and his book, Displaced, published by Kara Verlog. Ara is a descendant of family that was displaced by the Armenian Genocide, and he was born in Beirut, Lebanon, where his family was displaced again by the Lebanese Civil War. Uh, We'll talk about how his conceptual and documentary work about displacement and diaspora are so closely tied to his lived experience. Ara is an incredibly smart artist, and the way he weaves together documentary and conceptual ideas into his work is just beautiful, and so are his ideas about using text and collaborating with others. All right, everyone, thank you for listening. Enjoy the show, and we will talk soon. Oh, no, I have to start over again because I forgot to hit record. (laughs) So many things to do. So welcome, Ara. (laughs) Nice to be here. We're just pretending that again, uh, again. this is all over again. All right, anyway, we're going to talk about the show, but I'm going to read a little bio and then ask you some questions. But uh, we're, we're here with Ara Oshigan from uh, How the World Might Be. So Ara Oshigan is interested in diasporic processes and afterlives of physical, cultural, and linguistic dislocations. The artist's own history and identity is entangled in his work as he lives and works directly amongst disrupted and marginalized communities. In How the World Might Be, Oshigan employs photography, film, and collage to present a layered and multidisciplinary vision of diasporic presence that intertwines documentary with the constructed text with image, fact with speculation, personal history with collective history, how the world might be entangles past, present, future, and imagines the possibility of what was and what might or might not be. Oshigan presents parts of, from his trilogy of photographic work that sketches across two continents, from Los Angeles to Armenia to Beirut, and encompasses over two decades, reflecting on diasporic memory, displacement, and the ambiguities of narrative. The recently published book, Displaced, makes up the last part of the trilogy and is in collaboration with preeminent diaspora author, Krikor, um, so you'll have to tell me if I'm saying it wrong. Krikor Belidian? Belidian. Belidian. Well, Belidian. I'm never going to say it like that, but Belidian. <laughs> yes. You're close. Close, close enough. <laughs> close enough, I think. <laughs> uh, conceived in parallel to the trilogy, Oshigan also presents a series of collage work and a film, The Beirut Memory Project, uh, which is playing in the gallery, reflects on the artist's relationship to the Lebanese Civil War, an intervention of violence and history that created a deeply personal and communal rupture. The series is an image-based speculation on healing and dislocation. 
So um, as part of installing the work, you know, I, I like to reflect on it and, and write a little something uh, as the gallery director. And so what I wrote was Ara Oshigan's work challenges us to consider that documentary work isn't always linear and that conceptual doesn't always consist of obscure references. Sometimes the two can work together to describe both the factual and emotional impact of history in a way that gives us space to consider the lives of those affected by displacement and genocide, not as merely a frozen moment in history, but as a living process of survival, recovery, and preserving cultural heritage. Oh, very nice. Not bad, right? Yeah, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so, so why um, don't you tell so us how, how this all started, but also how yeah. you got into this, to art? Um, yeah, but I just oh, want to reflect please. on what you just wrote. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that I've been trying to do a lot in my work is that the documentary photography, it isn't just documentary, it isn't just about the, purely about the subject, but much, it could be about much more. It could be, it could be really conceptual. Right. And so I think the fact that you connect to that, I think you're thinking in those directions, in that direction. My work is really completely in that direction. And even though documentary, but also collage goes in that conceptual direction even further. That's right. But it's all sourced from documentary work that is specifically about histories of place and histories of, of communities. So just want to reflect on that. Yeah, it's no, a really no, important it, point. Very much based in the real, very much based on people's lives, very much based on people's experiences. Exactly, right. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Uh, well, so I got into photography completely by chance, by mistake <laughs> almost, I would say, perhaps. <laughs> I wanted to be a writer for a long time and then... Um, that was not working out so well. And then I was writing these really short, short pieces of fiction, mm-hmm. and I wanted photographs to go with them for whatever reason. And then a friend of mine took some pictures. I didn't like them. And I said, oh, you know, <laughs> I'm going to do it myself, this type of thing. And then, <laughs> right. and then I just got deeper and deeper and deeper into photography because uh, it kind of connected to my character. I think that's, that's really important. Um, you know, I think the kind of art you take up, the kind of uh, thing that you want to... Uh, express about yourself should, could, should be related to who you are and what you are, what kind of a person, what kind of attitude you have towards life. Um, and how so old are you about when you I was, take I was like party? in my 30s. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was very, it was, well, like then, it came late. Then we need life. to know what you were doing before that. <laughs> so I was trying to be a writer, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah. yeah. I, I studied, I was actually also a scientist. I'm, I'm still partially a scientist. I studied science in school, and then I also studied English literature. Mm-hmm. And so my, uh, for a number of years, I wanted to be an, a writer. Yeah, I actually and remember so, you talking about this in a previous show a little bit. But, that, yeah, but what, what, what is your science background? So I studied physics, actually, geophysics, Mm -hmm. and I've done work with with like farming, mapping, a lot of mapping, actually, and images. So actually, that work is also a lot with with images, yeah, mapping, and I've worked on Mars, actually, images of Mars and things like that. So there's a relationship, image making, image studying, image construction, image destruction, because science destructs images. I've always been interested in mapping and maps, and and mm -hmm. a lot of my practice is actually following maps, and so I've, I've always... I've always seen this connection between uh, looking at the world in this two-dimensional map and then looking at the world two-dimensionally through photography. Like there's a real uh, connection in, in the way we try to make kind of logic out of things. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's very similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And, and, you know, the map is about place. Yep. Right. So, and so it's photography, photography, documentary photography has no choice but to be about place mm-hmm. because you really you you're really taking photographing right. a particular place. So there's a connection there and it could be a conceptual connection or not or not. Right. It could be very literal. So did you you study 
science and writing at the college level, or when did you or did you study art at the college? Yeah. level? no, yeah. I don't. I haven't studied art at all. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I took I took one photography class and I hated. I I fought with the teacher and I hated. And I was like, okay, no more classes for me. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, so I, I studied physics at the same time I studied English literature. So, mm -hmm. so I, it was so the literature and, and language. Right. And so I think that's part of. I also have my family, my father and my grandfather are uh, very well-known writers in Armenian, mm -hmm. in the Armenian language. Okay. And so there is a certain um, familial or historical kind of momentum that I inherited. So literature was kind of the, the direction, but um, my direction changed a little bit. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but, yeah. but literature and text is, is still very much... There's still a lot of text I can see, You can see yeah. my work is very much yeah. an important part of my work. Yeah. As well as collaboration with authors. My two of my books... In fact, all three of my books are collaboration with, with writers, either musician or two poets and authors. So, mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I want to get to the text in this book as well because uh -huh. it is beautifully written and it's your uh -huh. work and the text couldn't travel together better, <laughs> right? I think we'll yeah. talk about that. But, okay, yeah. But cool. your, your family comes out of Armenia. Well, it's a little bit, yeah, it's, it's complicated. Okay. Complicated history Back that, com, comes yeah. out of Western, if, I want, if you want to okay. give me a quick brief, mm -hmm. give you a brief, comes out of Western Armenia. So that's, that's a region of Armenia that is now part of, now part of Turkey, mm -hmm. where Armenians were indigenous in that area, are indigenous in that area, but we no longer live there. Oh, okay. For three, 4,000 years, Armenians lived in that area, and indigenous right. land, indigenously, and uh, the Armenian genocide of 1915 either killed three, killed three quarters of that community, right. and the rest were pushed out into exile, where my grandfather, yeah. my grandfather was a genocide survivor. Uh, my father was born in diaspora, I was born in diaspora, my kids are born in diaspora, so there's, we're still in diaspora. And your family uh, moves to Beirut. Um, yeah, so my father and mother right. ended up in Beirut because that was kind of the cultural hub in the 1950s and 60s for uh, people interested in culture and art, specifically Armenian. And also in uh, the, the general Levant area, mm -hmm. Beirut was the place, was, was very sophisticated, very much. The culture was really alive there so that's where they met and that's where i was born whenever uh, i have a, a friend who's armenian mm -hmm. and um whenever i was over her house and accidentally said turkey or anything related <laughs> to turkey her mother would spit <laughs> so yeah. when you said when you went to the, what is now turkey i was like oh boy <laughs> but yeah no i mean that, that's that's an incredibly important, powerful, and, and, and uh, heartbreaking part of this, this history. Yeah, yeah. And, and not only, it's, and, and that history is still alive because, yes. because Turkey, not only in, in, in memory in terms of, of passage of memory through, through generations, mm -hmm. but also because Turkey still denies that they committed the genocide. There's That's been no right. recognition and no reparations of, of whatsoever. We have no right of return mm -hmm. to those to those lands. Um, I can't go back to my grandfather's grandmother's lands. Right. Right. So there's that very very raw political issue that's still alive that spills over into very current wars happening in current the eastern side Armenia and Artsakh where I've spent a lot of time. I've done a lot of projects. So they're all like interconnected. And then when your your family does get settled in. Beirut. Does, does your family also experience violence there? Well, yeah, because of the civil war began yeah. there in 1975. So the civil war 
displaced large, many people, killed many people, obviously, also, but displaced many communities. And, and our community, our Armenian, Armenian community there was displaced in large part. And, and we, had, we fled the war and came to the United States. Is, uh, do you go straight to the West Coast, to California? No, I went to, like, <laughs> first I went to Wisconsin. So I lived in Wisconsin for a while, completely, completely American. I was, like, from an Armenian and Lebanese and with a French education right. setting, diasporic kind of setting. I was, like, plopped down in the middle were, were there other Wisconsin. Were there other <laughs> people from the, the diaspora there? No, like, very few. Very yeah, few. Yeah. No Armenian, for instance. Uh-huh. Nobody with but my own history. Lebanon but other, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all my friends. And we were all completely marginalized. Mm-hmm. My friends were Nepalese. Oh, okay. And they were Indian, Indian. East Indian, right, you know, right. and, and you know, those were the kinds of friends I had, because we were all kind of the marginalized group, kind of hang out. We found each other. Yeah, yeah. we <laughs> found each other. So that was my diaspora, my yeah, middle yeah. school, and then Tennessee. I, I lived in Tennessee for a few years, hmm. and then moved to the West Coast. Uh, do you go out to L.A. by yourself, or are you still with family at that point? Uh, my mom and I basically, okay. and, and we. She found work in in was in, in uh, California, mm-hmm. and then I started school in California, okay, uh, a college university. So we just kind of both of us moved for writing and physics and physics. I started physics. well, okay, right. I, don't, I can't remember exactly what it is, but I ended up in physics and then English literature. I graduated from UCLA. Oh. Congrats. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Ah, that was Brag. a while ago, Michael. Like, nobody's congratulating me for that for like a million years. But you must have um, thought science could have been in your future then, right? Uh, I mean, how do you yeah, major in physics, right? Yeah. I mean, you have to really pick that. Yeah, because, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of strange to think about then those terms. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. there's always this conflict with your own history and your past and you're trying to find your own self yeah. your own way maybe you know that was perhaps part of it and i was uh, physics came easy to me that's for interesting. whatever reason yeah. yeah yeah and and it was very theoretical very conceptual it is it's it so is I, very I, conceptual yeah i disliked yeah. engineering uh, yeah. really disliked engineering so, i really like physics it was very conceptual so, did so there's I. that conceptual <laughs> yeah. thing that that the way yep. my brain works i guess so i so. i went to lehigh for engineering was that right and <laughs> okay. i loved the physics classes more than the engineering did classes. Did you really? I really did. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, physics is very much based in math and calculus, and it's but it's also very theoretical. You're always talking about being able to predict and measure and think about the outcomes of things, but nothing is real. Nothing's in front of you. It's all calculation. It's all observation taken to, you know, 10, ten levels uh, beyond right. that. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, right. real, it's, it's, it's fascinating. And, exactly. And math is... One of the, I think, the purest art forms there are. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, perhaps, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So there you are. You're you're um, you're in LA and and you graduate and mm. at some point you really take to art and photography as the sort of foundation of that art, right? Yeah. So the the transition wasn't easy for me. To, I don't know if easy or hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's so many difficult, difficult things we all go through. But to, to realize that photography or visual arts could be what I can really do it took me a little while because I was so focused on the literary arts. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I realized that it's it doesn't matter how it does. The medium is not that important, but it's really what you're trying to say, what you're trying to do, what you're trying to unravel in yourself or in the world what you're trying to understand through the medium mm-hmm. right so the medium is really secondary that once i kind of that kind of hit me then then i went deep completely into photography 
And that's why like, I started my first big project, The Traces of Identity, photographing the Los, Los Angeles. Right. And, yeah. and as I was saying earlier, it has to kind of fit your character. I'm like, I'm a very restless person. Yeah. I can't sit still. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm swiveling and, like crazy over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, writing is a very sedate kind of oh, yes. activity. Yes, yes, yes. So that also connected to me. And, and I'm a very, very person-oriented. Person and photography, as you know, photo documentary photography, you're not sitting in your studio thinking things up, but you're in the, in the streets, in the world, meeting, talking. Mm -hmm. And so as, as a process that was really connected to who I was, what I was, what I like to do, right. what is connected to what I am about. And so that kind of took me a while to figure that out. This, the work that's on the walls, the work that you're continuing on, th this has been years in the making, years and years. So if you were to sort of guesstimate like, or know the trilogy and, and up to the book, how, how long have you been working on this? <laughs> yeah, so in, in this realization of this exhibition that how the world mm -hmm. might be i also included traces of identity project which was my photographs from los angeles and that probably began in 1995 mm -hmm. maybe first photographs of that series so 1995 yep. all the way to the film that which was right. done last week <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> so it's got a sweep yeah. of 25 years, yeah. roughly. It, yeah. Is there other work along the way? Or did you really... I don't know if the, the trilogy was in, in, in intentional from the beginning, but it came together. Uh, but, but did you think that... Did you know this was going to end up this way, this work? The, the trilogy... So the trilogy is one part of it. Right. It's one part of the, the exhibition. Yeah, no, I didn't know at the, when I started it was going to mm -hmm. be a trilogy. Uh, but I think when I did... My LA work, and that was kind of done not not as a published book, but an exhibition, mm -hmm. a major exhibition. And then when I did Fatherland, the Armenia part, I knew that when I did the Beirut, it would become the the third part, the trilogy. Right. But as well, I have several other projects that I'm not showing here that I've done over that time. Uh, Armenian Genocide Survivor Project, which has been 20 years in the making, and that's perhaps the, the, my biggest project, which is not shown here with my my good friend Levon Parian, photographer. Uh, we did a huge public art project with that. I have a prison project that I did for a number of um, number of uh, maybe a couple of years. I work with a filmmaker. In fact, that book is hopefully going to come out next year. Mm -hmm. And then I've done work uh, in the Central Valley, actually in California, and then Korea. The last few years, I've worked a lot in Korea, uh, and so there's like multiple things um, going on all the time. From what I just heard from you before we started, there's actually uh, some work you're doing in South Korea now as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been, yeah. For the last four years, I've been working in South Korea, mm -hmm. specifically on, well, now three, now it's three different projects. So one of them the, started out with the issue of the, the Korean comfort women, the issue where during, during Japanese colonization of Korea from 1910 to 1945, women, young and older women from Korea were taken to Japan and made right. into enslaved and forced to, to do sexual favors for the military. So it's a huge issue that Japan still denies. So there are these parallels with Armenian history yes. yeah, yeah. That, that, uh, that are really critical for me. And that's, right. way, that's where the connection is for me. There are these parallels in, in historical narrative um, that, that I'm interested in. So I uh, work with comfort women, taking portraits of some of the former comfort women, 
activists working on the topic on on trying to get recognition very much like when i when i was in my 20s i was an activist fighting for armenian uh right. genocide recognition i'm still fighting but in not so much activist way um it's, there's some and, activism here i think oh, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah it's a different not <laughs> yes. in the street kind no, of no 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 right right protest which yeah. used to be that right. right yeah and then there's a project at the dmz at the demilitarized zone and which is it's a border right between Turk north and south korea mm-hmm. And, and diaspora is about borders, is about the crossing of visible and invisible borders. And so that's all that's connected. So right. in many ways, there are similar similarities in what, what's going on in, in Korea and my connection to it and my own history. Well, why don't we, uh, we, we you did a, a short summary of, of, of the, the parts of this work. Why don't we uh, get into it a, a little bit more and how the pieces are uh, assembled, why they're assembled in a certain way, how they make connections. Yeah, so I think many people would say there's pro- there's too much work in this gallery, <laughs> in, in this exhibition, but that is very purposeful mm-hmm. because part of what I wanted to not just show one mm-hmm. project, but show the, the connections between the different projects, the the entanglements as I as I call them, which is right. the past, present, future. When you're thinking about the future, you're creating work. Like I can talk about this the Shushi portraits that come from actually the portraits were taking, taken uh, of the people and the, and the big portraits where they were taken in 2012, actually, mm-hmm. for, for another project that happened in, Shush- in Shushi and in Artsakh in that region of Armenia that is now colonized uh, and occupied by Azerbaijan. So after the occupation, I returned to these portraits and I started thinking, what what is hap- what happens or what, what's going on in terms of um, now that... It is, this isn't like colonization 500 years ago, but this is today. It happened today, mm-hmm. yesterday. And how can we think about the future of, of this? And because, as I was saying earlier, 30 years, Armenians or indigenous Armenians of that area controlled and that, that land. And then before that, they did not. And now they no longer do. So there's a cyclical uh, nature of colonization, decolonization. And so these portraits, I combine them with texts that represent the history of that space. Right. That space and nearby spaces, Western Armenian spaces, mm-hmm. um, like Toros Roslin is one of the authors of some of the pages in the back, and yeah. he was from the region of uh, Vaughan. So let me describe it a little bit, just because uh, people might or will be listening to this as audio only as well. So these are very contemporary-looking people uh, placed against backdrops of uh, almost like papyrus-like uh, scroll paper material, right? Mm-hmm. That's been illustrated in beautiful uh, sort of old world quill style yeah, calligraphy, yeah. right? The, and yeah. drawing so, and yeah, painting. Right, right. so they're pages and from... And they're large. They're tall and vertical and large. Yeah, so go ahead, yeah. Yeah, so they're pages from Armenian Bibles, essentially, mm-hmm. because 500, 600, 800,000 years ago in Armenia, that was, that was culture. Culture was the scribes, the religious scribes, mm-hmm. drawing and writing Bibles, and so that's that to me. To me, I, I don't approach it as as religion. It's not the religious aspect that you're you're exactly. trying to show. It's it's this it's cultural history, right aspect. and history, right, and historical right. aspect of it, and so to to bring them and that history back together is kind of the imagine imagining right. that happens uh, with this with this work. Yeah, and, and yeah. of course this. This remembering and reclaiming and uh, uh, preserving the cultural uh, part of people's lives, even if, even if it's 
conceptually connected to people who maybe didn't even know they would be standing in front of these as necessarily, right? I mean, the, the portraits oh, yeah. you made, right? Right, right, really. Right. Were done separately from the backdrop. Exactly. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. completely. Yeah. They were in these are, you know, digital collage. And mm -hmm. when I took the portraits in 2012, it was very, actually for a very other specific project. And they knew about that project and they were, that was a different one. Mm -hmm. But now I kind of, after the war and the colonization, I um, reimagined. right. And, and try to reflect on that yeah. uh, event. So I think it makes sense then to speak about the... I'm, the scrolls, the Artsakh. The Artsakh you, you have scrolls. to say it because I cannot say it. Yes, please <laughs> yeah. say it. Yes. The Artsakh, they're called Artsakh the Artsakh scrolls. Artsakh scrolls, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't say it. Because <laughs> there is a similarity in the, in the collage work and also being these scroll... Uh, which which refers to more of an ancient tradition and and right yeah right yeah. the scroll form which is typically known to be East East Asian mm -hmm. but actually there are scroll forms in the Swana region in southwestern Asia and North Africa Ethiopians have a tremendous history of scrolls uh, as well as Armenians actually have and, and different cultures in that area so this this work which is these long scrolls is actually also reflects on this community being deracinated because of colonization and and these are segments and and uh, fragments taken from my work from fatherland from which oh, was okay. in that region which was colonized mm -hmm. and they're kind of made into this scattered kind of panorama so it speaks about that scattering when when it's good there's colonization there's a scattering there's a deracination uh, you are no longer in control of of your destiny your land but also this also brings it together in a sense also it goes both ways because putting all these scattered different fragments onto one scroll kind of makes brings it all together from different places. So there's a, right. there's a separation and a gathering. It's like centrifugal and centrifugal, right? Did I say that right? Uh, oh, centrifugal. Centrifugal. Right. And, cent and centrifugal. Yes, yeah, I see what you're saying. You say, right, right. You can combine it and goes spin out apart. And right, right, right. goes in and at, this, at the same right, right, time, right, right, right. right? So there's right. this... A centrifuge. Right. Right. Spins apart and brings back together. Right. right, right so right, right. there's yeah. that kind of aspect to it. Um, right. And the... Uh, as, uh, so just to, again, a little more dis uh, visual description. It's the people and the the things and the the animals that you've collaged on these scrolls. There's real separation of everything. I and I don't think anything truly overlaps unless it was like two people photographed together or yeah. something yeah, like that. No, right? not, yeah, exactly. So there's no overlap. They, so that right. is the separation. That mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. the pulling apart. But they are then contained in one scroll. Mm -hmm. So that's that's sort of the connection that brings them together. Right. Uh, again. So exactly. yeah, no, it's, it's really interestingly done. And what what is the the background text material, the papers, the Yeah, so the background text is also very important because those are uh, from pages of my grandfather's notebooks. As I was saying earlier, my grandfather uh -huh. was an author and also he was deracinated from his own lands three generations ago, 100 years ago, four generations ago. And so by putting his handwriting, there's also his handwriting there, and his paper and his notebooks in the background, it connects to that, what happened to him 100 years ago. And it speaks to that cyclical nature that I was talking about, that bringing it back together, there is some kind of, you hold hope mm -hmm. that it's going to cycle again, and at some point there's going to be decolonization 
and uh, the indigenous population, the communities there will be able to control their own lives once again. So that, that kind of idea of cyclical uh, decolonization and colonization, the ebb and flow, I think is really important part of my work. Yeah. And that, that I think is a nice transition to the Beirut Memory Project because these are not scrolls anymore, but they are digital collage. Um, and mm -hmm. they're a mix of color and black and white. And how does the, the color and the black and white work together in those? Right, so, so the Beirut Memory Project, as, as you were saying, is collage, digital collage, like the other, other work, but it is, it is completely seen from current day Beirut, from my work that I did for Displaced, mm -hmm. for my book. Very similar to, in that sense, where I took pieces of fatherland and created new work. This is taking pieces of, of displaced work, creating new work. So the black and white is current day that I've taken in the last few years in Beirut, and the color are photos of my family or, or photos of the, of the war, destruction from the war, yeah. from before, uh, or the war which came after, or before my family pictures, before the, our dislocation, our displacement. So black and white is today, color is from before, from oh, okay. the past. And, and, and they're really so in, intelligently put together and, and, and put together so well because the, the color aspects of the photos are designed in a way, the, the whole image is designed in a way where there is a moment where you're not sure where one photo begins or another photo mm -hmm. ends, where there's a tunnel effect, let's say, or something, mm -hmm. all of a sudden, something looks like a billboard almost within a photo. So it, it doesn't look altered other than it being color and black and white. So they, they're pieced together in so well. You know, they, they, they still feel like one photograph. Yeah, so that ambiguity is really important. Mm -hmm. uh, that's part of, part of the work is that amb some ambiguity where, okay, yeah, like you're saying, where does one end, where does the other begin? You know, at sometimes I think of them as murals mm -hmm. placed in, in the image, but this kind of imaginary mur murals placed on the walls in the imagery. Right. Yep. And so, and, and it sort of connects, it kind of it tries to think about this bridge between before the rupture, the displacement, and after. And, you know, how do you bring, how can you think about that? How can you bridge that gap? Mm -hmm. Which for me, you know, for the community, it's huge, right? Because it disrupted everything. Right. Personally, it was huge because it disrupted my life in a very significant way. My familial life also, um, not only physical movement but also mm -hmm. my family was was completely disrupted my nuclear family fell apart because of that this, that dislocation so trying to look across that divide is 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 part of the, the work and that ambiguity that right it's still here and there's a, an emotional yeah. connection to the older work being in color and the new work current contemporary work being in black and white some of the co contemporary work actually shows literal destruction right. uh, and and some mm -hmm. of the work is really just sort of scenes of everyday life but there's a more of a a darkness hanging over it. And I think the black and white brings that out. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 So uh, where do you want to go next? Well, the, the, so these three that we spoke about right. are going on the digital collage, the, the much, the, the work that, that I'm doing in collage and, and, right. and bringing documentary work with conceptual work. You know, there's that, you know, we're talking about that. I think that's a really important thing, especially people thinking about documentary photography, the, the, the possibilities that it contains. I think there, there are many. Yeah. So the other, the other works are displaced the Displaced and... The displaced, Fatherland, right, Fatherland. and, and yeah. Traces of Identity. Right. Those are three different projects. That's the trilogy of uh, documentary work that, um, that I did, Los Angeles, Armenia, and Beirut. So 
Beirut is where I was born, so there was a return there. And so looking at the diaspora, right. diasporic presence in Beirut. And then Los Angeles is where I live, and I've lived for many, many years. And that work is also looking at the same kind of idea, but mm-hmm. in diaspora in, in, in Los Angeles. And um, Armenia is not technically diaspora, but to us as diaspora, it is diaspora in the sense that it's always on the edge of our imagination because you, you grow up with the idea of what an Armenia is or what a homeland, not, not doesn't have to be Armenia, what, what a homeland is, you, it's like in your imagination, it's on the horizon, it's always there. And so that trilogy of place, right. one kind of imaginary, the other two very real, kind of formed this tril- tril- trilogy for me. And I, I speak about diasporic presence, for instance, mm-hmm. that, or diasporic structure also. You know, docu- the, the work looks at what is diasporic structure. Right. Which takes us to the book. Which takes us to the book. Yes, <laughs> I, I have to apologize. I've, I'm, I, I blanked on your, your, uh, the writer's name. Belidian. Krikor Belidian. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and what I was saying before is you have that work, the the trilogy work, and there is that crossover between conceptual and documentary that happens. But I think that also happens in the writing a bit too. Um, it is this this sort of journey that, that Krikor writes about mm-hmm. of, of traveling and seeing, and it's very visual. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels very photographic actually yeah, <laughs> in the writing. Right, right. Uh, and it's written as both, um, I don't want to say fantasy, but there's this sort of reality to it, but then also this emotional journey to it that you know, is, isn't necessarily a, a factual documentary base, but just more of a kind of reaction to the world idea, which goes so well with the photograph. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're really, you're really connected to it, uh, Michael. I, first of all, I just want to say I'm, I'm really, really indebted to him that, that, he, uh, that he collaborated with me and he wrote this, this text. And very much the parallels between the photographs and his text are, you know, there's this journey and, you know, you know photography is always movement, journey, mm-hmm in these particular spaces. And this was particularly mostly done in a very small space, this book, in like a five by five block, mm. essentially. That's the core of the Armenian diaspora in, in uh, Lebanon. Uh, it's a place called Puchamud. And so he writes about walking through that space. But he writes it from, he used to live there as right. a youth. Right. So he writes it from a perspective from the 1950s. And this kind of uh, journey, but also the... It's very visual, like you said, but mm-hmm. also very imaginative in a way. It's a kind of a memoir, and it's fiction, and it's document document. It's the way you might remember something, right? right exactly. Right. And yeah. some, you know, some places he's got they they're actually places there that he speaks about, but then other things he kind of imagines or he tells stories. Uh, so there's some so many there's all these the parallels in the structure of the works mm-hmm. that really work together. Absolutely, yeah. When did the book come out? Uh, in, it came out this year in the United States oh, in, the, okay. in the spring in 2022. Uh-huh. 21 in the US, <laughs> so a German publisher. So it was first right. published in, Ker- in Germany. Kera Verlag, right? Kera Verlag. And yeah. it, was, it was launched at Paris Photo, which oh, was, that, so which was nice. one of the best experiences nice. of my life to yeah. launch a book at yeah, Paris yeah. Photo. Yeah. Well, I'm I mean, fortunate can, to can, be working with them and I'm very happy with the quality of It's a beautiful book and congratulations. Thank and you. Thank you, thank you. You know, now that the the book is out, do you feel like this work is done? That's a good question, actually. 
I think the trilogy is probably it's a trilogy. Mm-hmm. It's done. I think the trilogy has to be done. Even though there's projects that connect that li- the other projects that I've done that are related to the trilogy, mm-hmm. specifically, for instance, the Armenian genocide right. and the Armenian genocide survivor portrait project, which is kind of the source for the diaspora. So, but I think this kind of this trilogy is done. I think the next what I'd like to do to really complete it is publish the Los Angeles section of it mm. as a book form. So I right. have three books. But in terms of making work? Making work, I think probably it's, yeah. this is done. Because as really much as anybody I've ever spoken to, your life and the work, you live the work. Mm. You know, I mean, it is, it is you and it's part of you and it, it's, it's, yes, it's, it's an extension of you. In, yeah, yeah, in, very in much so. In a very natural way, in, in, a very, in a way that comes from trauma, in a way that comes from your experiences, and, and also. So, yeah, my question is like, how do you know when you're done with work <laughs> yeah. that's so connected to you? Yeah. Uh, probably photographically, I think mm-hmm. I'm done, but I, there are other projects that I want to do. That you're that doing place. now, right? Yeah, that yeah, I'm, doing, yeah. I'm doing now, and, and also right. returning to Beirut probably to do other projects, but oh, okay. they would not be part of this, this kind of this trilogy. Right and and yeah, and I was you know all my work is is uh, about my lived experience, and it's to me it's part of my own trying to unravel, uh, understand, mm-hmm. underpin. I don't know what the word is, but yeah. <laughs> touch touch that history. That's my own history, but all, but by working through it in a sense by creating work, right. reflecting on it through the photos I make or the other work that I do. So it's all about my lived experience. Yeah. And on a final note, unless I've forgotten something, you also run a gallery. Uh, yeah. Tell us about the gallery. <laughs> Actually, my <laughs> wife and I, Anahid, uh, we run a small gallery at the uh, Glendale Central Library in Glendale, California. Mm-hmm. It's, a ga- it's a gallery dedicated to social justice and human rights issues. So very much yeah. kind of along the lines of all of my work. And um, we show all kinds of work. What we try to do is find parallels between different narratives. For instance, we show Armenian, we show Korean, we show Jewish. We've done two shows on on black history, on slavery. Uh, We've done shows on indigenous, uh, with indigenous artists. So part of our whole goal there is to be inclusive, but, but show that these narratives are similar in many ways. The details are different, but the processes are very similar. The end result, it's atrocity. Communities being completely wiped out, very similar. So those are the things that we try to right. address. Culture and history and artifacts stolen and yeah. Right. Well, thank you so much, not just for this talk, but for sharing this work, letting me hang it in this gallery. <laughs> and and for those who have visited before and know, um, this will be my uh, last show at the gallery. Uh, and I'm so happy that it was this show because, I mean, it was work to hang because it's a lot of work, but it's, it was beautiful. I'm so happy I did it. <laughs> and it's so beautiful and it's so amazing. You hung it so nicely, Michael. <laughs> it's beautiful. And I'm sad to, to hear that you're not going to continue your work here. You know, uh, I need a break and I need to work on other things, but uh, it's a pleasure to have this as my last installation. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) The Photo Show Live series has been a production of Real Photo Show. The executive producer is me, Michael Chauvin-Dalton. The show will be returning to its original format, hopefully with some new music and under its original name, Real Photo Show. There's nothing you have to do, but please continue to listen and subscribe and rate the show with all your stars on your listening platform.